It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on <clears throat> Celtic Frost. So first thing off the bat, is it Celtic Frost or Celtic Frost? I think I have an answer, but let me hear what you what you think. I think I've always said Celtic Frost, but I feel like I was not pronouncing it correctly. So I, you know, the the definitive source for me was or is uh, Will Carroll, uh, the wonderful drummer for Old Granddad. Um, Hammer's Misfortune, and I think now he's in um, uh, the, 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 why am I blanking on the band the, with the Filipino, because all my wife's Filipino family knows about them. Um, from Dark, the Dark Angel? Yes, geez, that's embarrassing. Or, or is it Death, or is it Death, Death Angel? Death Angel. Death Angel. Death yeah. Angel, so embarrassing. What an embarrassing start to this to this episode but he says yeah that wait, he, wait 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 to get a really strong yeah strong a, uh, foot out there yeah, i know yeah. It, you know i came out it also i came out like str- strutting a little bit like well i have the answer yeah and, i know this shit i know this shit <laughs> i got all the and answers. i guess he had talked to uh, martin and uh and he said that it was definitely celtic frost he didn't know what the like they like swedish they're like what the hell is celtic you know, it's like we not call Swedish, it. Swiss. Swiss. God, oh for fucking two. Man, oh for two. With it on, um, on the metal. Get my metal creds. My my patches are coming off my yeah, my vest. Rip, getting ripped Crap. off. Hey, um, let's let people know who Martin is. Martin Ain, the uh, original member and bass player. Right, right. right. He who, uh, who, pa- who passed away three years ago. Yes, he did. Way to bring it down another notch. Bring it down <laughs> another notch. Speaking of Death Angel. Here you come. Speaking of the album, Morbid Tales. Yes, exactly. Way to dovetail it back in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is a band that we've talked about for a long time as being someone we wanted to cover because they are so highly influential and have, and their music is so, um, I, I wouldn't say it's tra- it could transcend metal in some ways. Uh, but Yeah, so, I think it does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't off of that. Um, but there's a, there, they have a really interesting kind of story as well. And, you know, like most of the bands covered on Auto Reverse, it's a, it's a tale that goes in many different directions. Some good, yeah. some bad, some happy and some de- depressing. And they have good, they have heavy doses of that because like they started off, um, uh, Tom G uh, started off with Hellhammer and, uh-huh. Kind of had an idea. I guess they're, that album that they came out with, uh, Apocalyptic Raids. Which had, is awesome. Yeah, but it got heavily shat on. And I think, you know, the uh, at least at the time. And it kind of made them be a little bit more introspect about what, you know, what he was doing and what he really wanted to do musically. And I think, like, he felt... At least this is the way I've always interpreted from the stories I've heard and the articles I've read. That, you know, he wasn't going to get anywhere with Harold Hammer, so he's just like, let's just reimagine the group into something that was bigger, and kind of look what, at the scene of what was going on there because it was like that Hellhammer couldn't compete with any of the music that was going on at the time. Uh, the musical quality-wise, they they couldn't really do anything. So, 
you know, first off, I mean, he had a, a, a bassist from Hellhammer, um, Steve Oyer, I think, right? Um, and that, that was the first order of business because Martin kind of, those two together had a, a vision that went beyond what was going on in the scene. It kind of went beyond, in some ways, like what they, you know, what they thought they could actually do. So they went big um, <clears throat> with, the, with the idea of uh, Celtic Frost and kind of bring, raise it a couple notches. So if it wasn't maybe as good musically, it was on up there as far as vision. Um, as and extreme, and it, the sort of extremeness, right, aspect of it, which uh, that's what got me with them. They were the first sort of easily digested extreme band for me. Not easy. Okay, I, that's wrong. Not easily digested, just more digestible than other things. So, like for like in bands like Death. That was not as a, that was kind of like, tell me what the range of stuff that you're talking about that was, well, it's, was it's digestible so, and wasn't digestible. So here's the thing. So my metal knowledge is not necessarily, um, what do you call it when it's in order of time, um, chronological. So okay. like I got into Metallica, you know, Master of Puppets the year it came out. But I didn't listen to Kill 'Em All until after Later, that came out. I got into the Crow Mags in 1987, 1988. But then, but then I listened to like Agnostic Front and uh, Victim in Pain like after. You know what I mean? Like it was no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there same. was no chronological order. So like I had list heard Death and Napalm Death and uh, Obituary and all those bands. In some ways, I heard them before I heard Celtic Frost. And then when I heard Celtic Frost, I'm like, that's the birth of all those extreme bands. Right. But in a way that was easier, easily digested as compared to like trying to listen to an entire obituary record. Now, I'm not saying the obituary isn't awesome or death isn't awesome. It's just there's something very easy. Like it had a it had a, a musicalness, uh, Celtic Frost did, that maybe other metal bands didn't. And it also, I'll make this point, they were fucking scary. Like, a lot of metal bands would use, like, evil imagery and stuff, but it just seemed right. kind of jokey and, you know, and something about something about Celtic Frost, it seemed real, especially when I heard Morbid Tales and, you know, just the intro into, into Crypt of Rays is just out of control. Well, you had like, the bands like yeah, Mayhem and, you know, all of them. Yeah. That that was... Bathory. Yeah, all that stuff was yeah. kind of scary, too. I think that their, yeah. their music, um, Celtic Frost, would appeal to me. It, it, like, it was... Like, I, I never thought it was scary. I thought it had the same intensity without... But it seemed like it was striving for something a little bit beyond what the bands like Mayhem were trying to do, which, not jokey, but like, I know that they were, they believe what they were doing, but musically, I think Celtic Frost was more into the music than the message, if that, if that's. Yeah, and they were also messing around with like industrial music and they liked New Wave. I mean, they covered Wall of Voodoo's uh, Mexican Radio. It was like the first song on uh, Into the Pandemonium, I yeah. think it's yeah. on, that, on that album. Right. And so like, they were, and then, you know, they got tagged avant-garde metal or whatever, or like it's some writer gave them that name. But I always thought, like, even without knowing that they had already gotten tagged with that avant-garde thing, that I always thought they were sort of avant-garde. I mean, they were from Switzerland. They were sort of, 
tied in with um, with the famous artist. Uh, what's his name? Atar um, Geiger. Geiger. And all this, and and even the music was sort of like it wasn't like traditional heavy metal or thrash metal or skate rock or hardcore. It was like there was something more artful to it. Yeah, it had Does that a make sense? Of, yeah, yeah, it had a little bit. Like, yeah, it was it arty. That, it had that new way, but it also had like kind of like touches of like uh, like prog rock a little bit too. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it and, you, and you know, I look, I look at what's his name's wall on his Facebook, Tom G Warrior, and there'll be like a Captain Beyond song. I'm like, he'll share the video. So there's like, there's thing that you could tell from the, that band. And now, now me and you know so much more about music since probably the first time we heard it we understand the context a little bit better right and and so i could truly say that they were an artful band Similar to what you said, like I didn't. My introduction to him, like, because when they, when um, you know, when, when um, Morbid Tales came out, like, it was like in what eighty four, eighty five, and you know, eighty four. Yeah, I didn't have anyone. Yeah, I didn't have anyone in my high school that dug them and in happy little Akron, Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't that many metal kids, and metal back then was like Rush in some ways, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. all that stuff was kind of creeping in with Metallica and such, but yeah, they, you know, that they could have been something that, I mean, there was something that I came in kind of late as well. I wouldn't say late, but, uh, you know, I, through most of my musical journey, like it, like I got into some things in high school, some things in college and a lot of stuff that the doors really kind of open once I became like when I was on my own as an adult and living in different cities and meeting different people from different backgrounds and being able to go to a wide range of shows and like having tap into the like, you know, to the metal scene at, uh, during the early 90s, there was a lot of things to get caught up on, but there was, it was still like, you know, it wasn't, you know, even Celt- you know Celtic Frost during the the '90s as well was trying to find their footing because there was a lot. There was new wave. There's a lot of different music kind of changing way, and metal was kind of, you know, other than Judas Priest, it wasn't really and Metallica. There wasn't really that big of a form as as much as it is now, or it became you know a little later, right? Early '90s was a really good time to catch up on metal. <laughs> so, and what I mean by that. Because grunge and sort of alter and the sort of like explosion of alternative music happened in that period, um, a lot of metal bands that were maybe big in the '80s were not big anymore, and then a lot of metal bands 
not only were they not big, they were trying to like think what's it like, what are we going to do in this new landscape? Right. You know, so some of them like embraced uh, new metal and some of them embraced being more extreme or what, whatever. It, um, so it was a good time to catch up. And that's what I did in the early nineties, mid nineties. I caught up on stuff that I, that like, for example, like Celtic frost, uh, sorry, Celtic frost came out, in 1984, 1984, I was a junior in high school, and I was too busy listening to the Smiths. Right. I knew who Celtic Frost were. They would play the Rock Hotel shows. Sometimes they would play Lemoore's, and I liked some elements of that scene. But to me, Celtic Frost were just too scary, and like, too, <laughs> and it, it felt like I had to invest a lot of time in them, and in, and sort of immerse myself in their scene, and I didn't want to. It was not until the early 90s, mid 90s, when I was already, you know, like about to start TP and putting out extreme music anyway, where I went back and kind of rediscovered, well, really discovered Celtic Frost, Venom, even like new wave of British heavy metal, like Diamond Head and um, Angel Witch and stuff right. like that. I went back and caught up on all of that stuff and all the early death metal stuff and grindcore and really just gave myself uh you know like yeah i was like someone in jail i was in metal jail like reading books about metal with no and no that's funny because like, no uh no side table light to read for, to you know to read to gotcha gotcha malcolm yeah um so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah that was same thing it's like voivod like even anthrax yeah, yeah. and a lot of these bands yeah. like i you know i didn't I was catch, I felt like I was catching up on it because I was, you know, giving people who were trying to catch up. And, you know, Celtic Frost was something that even at that time, even when I was trying to get caught up in all this stuff, it was it was kind of almost more revered than this, than all these other bands. It was just like, ah, you know, this is who, you know, you know. I mean, a lot of the people, it's like it was like early, like listen to this, early Metallica, listen to this. Um, you know, um, Diamond Head, like you're right. Diamond Head was another one, that, but it was like, you know, uh, Two Megatherian is like that was also like here. Listen to this, and this is something that really kind of, kind of, kind of opens up your mind to like different kinds. Because it's like I, yeah, I was occasionally, you know, I was also dipping in heavier stuff like, you know, the Morbid Age Obituary and the, de the Death Metal Death and all that stuff, and. Um, you know, Celtic Frost has always been kind of like that kind of, not an oasis, but just kind of like a, something that was in the world, but like not not as part of it as everything else. It seemed like they were striving for something a little bit different and playing with their sound a, lo a lot more in terms of, you know, coming at it with a, a hammer and, you know, a sleigh full of, you know, killer fucking Clydesdales. Um, versus, you know, just trying to play it, put some smooth songs in there too. Like you said, like in the, in the pandemonium is really like goes on a lot of different ventures in a lot of different kind of category territories and does it in an interesting way. Like I, you know, I love the song Mexican radio. I at first recoiled when I heard them play that, but then it was like, it's enough of something that they're trying to make their own. That it was it was it was more interesting to me over time because it I could hear where they're trying to put their touches in with the new way because it's something that if they obviously had a lot of um, you know 
they 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 like the they had a lot, strong draw to that type of music. It seems almost part of their fiber. the darker the darker side of that of that though, like more like the Bauhaus, like Sisters of Mercy side. They were definitely on the gothier side of the new for, wave. For like sure. that's yeah that that's what they were incorporating. You know, and let's talk about this Celtic Frost. I mean, all all crazy imagery and scariness aside, they were kind of kind of catchy in terms of like a lot of their breakdowns and stuff it really like sort of was ushered in those sort of like you know mosh parts and right. just really catchy hooky breaks yeah, like, and, i mean even and though, like just, the ursuper like that has like a really good like interesting like it's coming at you full force but like mm-hmm. even that song where it's it, it's got some really kind of hooky riffs in there that you kind of cling on to it's it. doom. It, they became doomy. They be, yeah. They they embraced this sort of like, it kind of more industrial edge of heavy metal and like they just it was they were really just uh, like it took me a while. I mean I remember, um, there was a Morbid Tales record at uh, vinyl at the Generation Records and mm-hmm. um, it was on hold for one of the guys that worked there, James. Remember James? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was on hold, and and they were like, "Oh man, I can't sell it to you. It's it's for James." And I'm like, "Give me that!" And I I, I bought it anyway. <laughs> and then James got mad at me for buying buying an on hold record shit. for what him. Did, did he make you? Did he? Did you? Did he make me sell it back to yeah. him? No, sell no. I he d- didn't because I kind of just bullied him and and bought and took it. a little bit. <laughs> Is that, I'm glad you recognize that. <laughs> No, but, then, but, but I have to say, as soon as I dropped the needle on it, it was worth all the bullying because I was just like transfixed yeah. by that record. And then, and then one of the bands that was on TP, High on Fire, covered yeah. the Usurper as a bonus track for the uh, Art of Self Defense record that I reissued. Yeah, uh, you know, man, talk about being bullied. Those guys got 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 the short end of the stick from their labels. And basically, yeah, if you read you read enough about them, you can basically hear why that it wasn't because of internal conflict it was they were just getting they i mean their albums sold well enough to where they should had had no problem uh supporting a tour or living somewhat comfortably on a tour but like there's a bunch of stories about the labels paying them peanuts not paying just paying them their per diem um and not, i have some insight to that okay let's hear that so they were on noise records in the United States, right? Right. I think it was whatever label they were on in Europe, it was licensed to noise. Noise was run, and noise put out the first three um, Voivod records as right. well. And that label was run by a guy named Steve Sinclair, who I wound up working with in the late 90s, early 2000s. He had been out of the business for years and then took over MIA, which was this horribly run record label that was that had money and was trying to you know recover and become this force so they licensed records from a bunch of different labels mine from tp from southern lord and a few others and steve was running the whole show so steve was running this but he also ran noise in those days that uh that Celtic Frost weren't getting paid, probably Voivod weren't getting paid either. And after working with him for two years, I understand why. He was one of the sketchiest motherfuckers ever. And he was a terrible manager. So not surprised at all if they the, if their affairs in the States were left in his hands, he they, they were not getting paid. They were 
Yeah. And they were having a hard time. They were hard time getting around. The guys who were with the bus that they were that was driving around, they were like, "Where's our money?" And you know, they were yep. like, going to kick them off the bus, and it was just ruining yeah. the mood out for everyone. And you know, two of the guys in the band, uh, Ron Marks and Reed St. Mark, were Americans, so like they were just like, you know, we're not, you know, we're just going to stay here, and it just basically kind of. You know, took a pile driver to the band you know it's just like that's yeah the, it's like the money aspect of it is is important uh when you like i only did a couple small tours but it's like you had to plan we had to plan our money and like figure out how much everyone could use pay for food and stuff and not get over like like that stuff runs out quick especially if you're not getting your sketchy deal with club owners and they're not you don't have a manager who's going to look out for you and make sure that your contracts are um um, done and you know maybe the labels were putting together the for them the labels were putting together the shows because they like again didn't seem like they were getting money and they were basically just not paying them anything just I think there's one story he just called him it's like we have no money to eat and they were just like go fuck yourself and hung up the phone <laughs> dude Sinclair Steve Sinclair the noise guy when when it was all said and done and MIA was going out of business and they owed me money and I still wanted to keep going with TP. I was like, all right, you owe me money, but you should at least give me back these six or 7,000 CDs and, uh, you know, 1,000 LPs or whatever it was that they had in stock. And they're like, oh, no, you're, we're not giving that to you unless you pay the $8,000 uh, van rental charge that you have for a tour. I uh, use the van to, to, to drive uh, Todd Bitchwax and Nebula around on, their, on this huge U.S. tour. And I'm like, but you owe me money, so I don't understand why I got to pay this, because I, you still you owe me tens of thousands of dollars. They're like, no, no, you got to pay that before if you want the CDs. So he he told they totally fucking, wow, <laughs> you know, sh yeah, this is how. It, and I could see like like telling you telling the story of like what happened to them in the '80s when they were trying to. It's like it makes sense. The the primary players were involved when I was trying to do stuff 20 years later, and it was just like. It was a big fu all the way around, and I, I and you know what that that breaks bands up, yeah, straight yeah. up breaks yeah. them up. It does, and essentially they, um, you know, they, you know, I think that they called it a day. I mean, they had the one album, Cold Lake, which was, ugh. ugh. I mean, it's, it's real. It is a it is a it is a straightforward metal record. They, I think they were trying to market themselves as as a sort of glam metal, but it really is more of a straightforward metal record. I still don't like it, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's very glam metal. It's just not. Yeah. It's not. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just not very interesting. It's just not. And what I would say about most, uh, you know, I would say that most of their albums, it's really interesting. It's it's more there's something to it there's something else that they're they're serving to you that seems like there's it's it's above what um you know typical metal was at the time but it seems like you're right they were trying to they're trying to ride a wave with that album and and you know i just don't think like you know even on your playlist i think that you know i kind of looked it over and i was just like yeah this is this is what you should be doing because you have you know the the, the First, first three albums. The first three albums, you have the, a couple of Hellhammer songs just to show yeah, the, yeah. Spark, the spark. And after that, you, I mean, you, you really don't need to put anything else on there because it's like how do you how do you how do you even top that? How do you top Morbid Tales into the Pandemonium to Megatherium? It's like how do you even top that? It's like 
Yeah. It's like they took something, I mean, elevated it almost into high art, but it's still brutal and, and, and gut and, you know, guttural. So it's like, you know, if you could pull that off three times, which well, they did, it's yeah. like that's, oof. Well, yeah, monotheist is not, is actually, we could probably put a couple on there, I guess. I know, but it's more like new, like the production is super like early, like early 2000s. And it's also like a, a it's like a more modern, uh, like sort of style adjustment that I'm like kind of not into. I like that sort of lo-fi-ish uh, air, you know, the air breathing while you could hear the air. And if you listen to the morbid, especially morbid tales, you could there's this like sort of like spookiness to it that I think was lost on monotheist. But, you know, that's they're making a new album like 20 years after the fact. I don't know. What else were they going to do? Right. 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 I guess so. you're, you're you're coming from a totally purist point of view. With yeah, this. I know. I know. And I that's, know. And that's, I, and, and, I like and that. That's you put, okay. Yeah, I looked over it. And I was like, this is this is what I would. When I looked at the playlist, I was like, okay, this is what I want to listen to. And, yeah, I'm not as big of a fan of uh, Monotheus and, and I think it was the one before that, something Thirst, I'm Dying or something like that. Um, it's okay. Oh, yeah, they put another record yeah, after it, that. Yeah, now, and now and now. Oh, well, that was before that. Called, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, What's yeah. the name of his band now, Matt? Uh, Trip, uh, Tripticon? Tripticon, right? Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Um, I'm not married to that playlist, so if you want to add songs to it, go, go right ahead. I may before we post it. Go ahead, I, I go know. ahead. I don't yeah, care. I know, I know. You're you're very my, my, you're very My generous. feelings have been have have been stated here, so I'm good. At, that's good enough for me. Right, right. <laughs> it has been. It has been. Oh, you know what? I'm getting. Um, yeah. I'm looking at their discography. I'm getting parts parts with thirst or whatever is like a compilation and vanity nemesis. Was the one that yeah. was between Cold Lake and Monotheus. So, yeah, so yeah I yeah. may, I, there's, I, I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but there's a couple of both those I may throw on there because they are interesting. And it shows that, the, you know, it still shows the brainchild of, you know, uh, uh, Martin and uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Warrior uh, working well together. And, you know, it's, again, it doesn't raise up to the level of the first three, but it does show. Actually, the first two. Well, the first three, rather. And it's and it really, but it shows that you know there's still, it's you know it's it's not how that's kind of a lot to ask for too. Those first three albums are fucking pretty awesome. I mean, those those things should be put in a museum. You know, it's just that yeah. they're just. Well, it's, it's a, like it's 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 so it's such a like. Um, how do I explain this? You know, I love metal. Yes, you the, do. But the problem, and but the problem with heavy metal. Is that sometimes it's a little too redundant, or it's? I don't think metal's the other one that has that problem. But yes, you're right. No, no, a lot of a lot of musics do. Yeah, yeah. I might, maybe I'm picking up. Maybe I, I expect yeah, yeah. more of metal, right? And in, and in, and 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 maybe that's unfair. I th- here's um, what I will say: when metal is done, where 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 it tries to transcend itself, that's it's. I don't. It's by far to me the most interesting music. Because when they, because it's really easy to get locked into a type of metal and to mm-hmm. c- copy it and then all, put your own little spin on it. But when you take mm-hmm. it and try to put it somewhere else, which I think mm-hmm. like Voivod and Celtic Frost mm-hmm. and, and and even Venom, Venom, mm-hmm. and I mean Death, Bath, Bathory in a way. Yeah, and, so de- and Death is Death is as well, and Morbid Angels another yeah. one too. They yeah. they took it and put it to somewhere 
it took it to new to put it somewhere else and to, to where you're just like holy shit like anytime you can i think metal when it when it's when it's when it's at its best i think it's hard to compete that in for a genre like i think it blows it's, glo it's glorious when yeah it does it. You're i right. think it blows right. it blows rock out of the water because yeah, rock, you're it, right rock plays with formulas and pop plays with formulas but metals when they they you, when you when they go and explore it in the different kind of areas and really kind of take it to something elevated, there's the there's the the musicianship, which is sometimes up there with like classical music musicianship, like some of the shit that they play, and then there's the themes that they'll go into, which is kind of very reminiscent of like prog rock, where it's really mm -hmm. conceptual, and mm -hmm. really kind of you know, kind of has these deeper, really, meetings that they're trying to investigate or themes that they're trying to investigate. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like the brut brutal brutalness of it is just like something that it does not allow you to take its eyes off of it, like like a crime scene. Yeah, I know, I know. It's the type A personality of music. <laughs> right, it is, it can be. It can be, and it can be really shitty, too. Like you said, it can, yeah. it can be really shitty when people are trying to just do run-of-the-mill stuff. It's like, yeah. yeah, and we could go on about that, but it's like bands like, yeah, like I said, like Voivod and Celtic Frost made me rethink how my relationship with metal because it was like, I just thought it was chugga-chugga, you know, and then <laughs> they elevated to something else to pay attention to. And anytime, you know, a genre can make you pay attention to it and see it through a different lens, I think that's, that's probably the best, that's the height of being a fan, of being a music listener, is you can't get any better than that. Yeah, they, they far exceeded my expectations, Celtic Frost, that's, and I think that's the thing about them. Yeah. And One it, of the things about them I like the most is that they, they went, it went beyond what expectations I usually have of metal. Uh, they, they exceeded it, and then it was just, it became something else that, you know, you know, yeah. I think it tra it it uh, it it uh, what do you call it? Um, transcended. Transcended metal in a in well, a weird way. Like, look, there's not a pop more one of mo they're not more popular than Metallica, but they're more important. No. they're more important than Metallica in the scheme of things. I I agree. Although Metallica had their incredible moments as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think yeah. You you talking like the Cliff Burton era? Yeah, I like the Cliff Burton era. I think Master of Puppets is a great album. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I won't. And, and and part of me likes the Black album. I, uh, more in terms bad. of a radio, yeah. as a radio rock record. Um, and I appreciate it for what it is a lot. And I when when uh, Enter Sandman comes on on the radio, I'm not going to, I'm always going to fucking turn that shit up. It's just, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know you need you you need to feel that, and so so maybe you're right. Maybe it's yeah, like I think yeah. more bands have been influenced <laughs> by Celtic Frost, maybe than I don't know. I don't know. Though. I don't I, know. I mean, I know Nirvana was really influenced by Celtic Frost. I, I, another reason why I was drawn to the band, I liked that this like other band that had that was huge, but really was not wow. a metal band. Like was influenced by them. I think Kurt Cobain likes to reach in a hat and pull out obscure band names and just mm -hmm. say, yeah, I, I, yeah, because it seems like that's kind of all the things that Nirvana have been influenced by is like all, it's like, I think we've done what the wipe, we've done wipers, now Celtic Frost, uh, mm -hmm. you know, probably Melvin's down the line. 
I don't know. That, yeah, and Melvins remind me a lot of Celtic Frost. Right. Right. No, not yeah. not 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 uh not note for note and not and actually maybe if you put them side to side a and a and beat them you'd be like what the fuck are you talking about but there is something there that there is there's You're, this that's heaviness a, that's there and a, that kind of thrust and punishment and yeah. kind of thoughtful yes. pun, thoughtful punishment thoughtful punishment thoughtful punishment that's great <laughs> dude Dude, copyright all right, that shit. All right, we said yeah. on that note. I, I'm gonna get out while the kid got his good. Get out, yeah. No, it's not gonna get better than that. No, so let's I, go. I, I made up for my my beginning <laughs> a bookend. It with start with the sour, the end with the sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get a hold of us and let us know something a band we should be uh, listening to or reviewing or tell us about how we've been doing so far, we're happy to hear from you. AutoReverseBLD at gmail.com. Or hit us up at uh, Facebook or at Instagram. And until next time, my friend. All right, peace.